Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 324, and I am really excited to share this next case study with you because I know that it's probably been on your mind or it will be on your mind eventually, and that is, like, how do I get rid of inventory and not get penalized on a long-term storage fee? Or maybe I've picked a product that's slow-moving and I just want to get it out from under me, and uh, you've probably had those thoughts. I know I have, and uh, there is a solution, and that's what we're going to share with you because there's a case study that we're going to reveal right here, and it's how this one seller liquidated his product pretty fast and made money in the process and sold additional products in the process. Pretty crazy. Um, and I actually learned of this by reading the Seller Labs blog. And then I reached out to Jeff Cohen, who actually works with Seller Labs. And I said, Jeff, you know, what's the deal here? You know, like, and give me a little bit more details. And he did. And I said, you know what? We got to get you on the show. We got to talk about this. I think this is a great strategy for people that are thinking about liquidating their product and, uh, and then getting some benefits out of it. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, today's case study, like I said, was a blog post and there are some tools involved that made this all happen. So what I decided to do is have Jeff create a page at sellerlabs.com forward slash TAS with all of of the information, all of the tools that were used, and all of the different things that made this happen. It's not that much, but it's there. And also, those guys over at Seller Labs are really awesome people, and you guys know I only stand behind products that I believe in and that I know them personally, and Jeff I know personally, and I always put my stamp of approval on those guys. So they've agreed to give a nice little discount if you do want to try any of their tools. So definitely go check out sellerlabs.com forward slash TAS if you want to check that stuff out. Like I said, the full blog post will be listed there as well. The one that I read that got me interested in this whole thing. But like I said, I wanted to have Jeff on because I wanted to go deeper into this case study. I wanted to get all of the facts and uh, and that's exactly what we do here. Plus, whenever you talk with Jeff, you always learn something. But I will say one thing. I did stump him. I did stump him. So Jeff, if you're listening back to this, I did stump you. But because of that, something really awesome is going to happen because I did stump Jeff Cohen. So you're going to have to wait to hear what that one detail is, which is pretty huge, by the way. And some of those cool things that they have planned uh, that they're going to be rolling out here really soon, which I'm pretty pumped about. So uh, you're definitely going to want to check out that page, sellerlabs.com forward slash TAS, and you're going to want to listen to this entire episode because some, some really cool things happening over there. All right, guys, I'm going to stop talking now so you guys can enjoy this conversation that I have with my good friend, Mr. Jeff Cohen. Enjoy. Well, hey, Jeff, what's going on, man? How's it going, brother? Hey, Scott, thanks for having me back on. Everything is going great. Just kind of rocking it, you know, with uh, 2017 starting. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty awesome year so far. Lots of things happening. And, uh, you know, the the one thing that uh, that I wanted to talk to you today again about is not just the review updates and all that stuff. And we can talk about that forever because everyone's always still saying like, well, what do we do now? Right. Like, I don't really want to go down that road, but I did want to have you on today to really dig into maybe even just a little bit of like what's been what have you been hearing, I guess, uh, around that maybe since, you know, the new year. And then what we can do is start to talk a little bit about you know, deal clubs and then how we can maybe utilize, um, you know, a service 
to uh, actually liquidate our products and not necessarily use them for uh, you know doing a promotion, which you still can do. But you guys posted something that got that got me interested in this, by the way. And I think I told you that I read that one blog post. But it was a case study that you guys had did uh, with a gentleman that actually. Was uh, I think he was facing some long-term storage fees, and then he ended up using Snagshout, and then he was able to get rid of some product that way pretty quickly. Is that how it went down? Yeah, that's the pretty. That's pretty much the story. He he was looking at his account back in December, and um, you know, just to give a, a really quick for the people that don't know how to look at your potential long-term storage fees, you go into Seller Central, and then under Inventory there's a button called inventory dashboard. And from the inventory dashboard, you can run what's called an inventory aging report, right? And so once you're looking at your inventory aging report, it gives you all of your inventory in buckets. So zero to 90, 91 to 180, 180 to 270 and and up. And anything that sits in the 91 days old is something that you should start keeping an eye on as a seller because there are two times a year, one happens in February, one happens in August, where Amazon assesses long-term storage fees. And this seller was kind of, it was December, he was looking at this report and he realized that he had a lot of product and it wasn't really selling well and he was gonna get smacked Mm. with a pretty big long-term storage fee. Um, like I think his, his fee was going to be like $3,100 and it was for a product that he was really, he was for all, he was done selling, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, he had made the projection on the product. He produced the product, he brought the product over and it just didn't do as well as he thought that it would. And so, um, he needed to do something before he ended up, you know, spending a bunch of money, just giving Amazon money to hold his product. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that, and that, that's, that's huge. I mean, I, I know even pe- people in my, you know, personal, uh, little circle here that they've, you know, they've been hit with some, some pretty massive fees and, uh, you know, to some people it's like, okay, well, how much is that per unit if you spread that out? Um, but to, to a lot of people that could be a couple dollars each unit, depending on the time of the year and the, you know, the storage fees and all that stuff. So, uh, cause I know just with, uh, you know, the fourth quarter fees, I mean, they were, <laughs> astronomical, right. uh, which was insane. It's a whole nother topic. But um, yeah, so he ended up uh, being able to liquidate him. And I really didn't think about this, you know, too much as far as like, you know, we could just discount our product even at cost, get rid of it and then recoup our money back and then be done with it. And if we're still going to sell on that account, we're then kind of seasoning our account by, by uh, you know, selling this product and it's still showing that there's sales being made. Um so maybe you could walk us through that in a second. But before you do, give me your thoughts, though. We've, we, you know, we're past January now in 2017. What's the what's the talk still right now, if any, about the big review change and how you're launching products? Has anything changed or is it still the same? Well, we can't get reviews, so we can't launch products. Is that what you're hearing out there? So I think that a lot of sellers are have calmed down, right? A big thing that we talked about back in the the previous podcast was around an idea called FUD. And I know you and I have had some good conversations around FUD. FUD is F-U-D, FUD, I'm sorry, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yes. 
And it's what happens when we get a little bit of information, but we're not really sure what that information means. So we start coming up with all these ideas and stories and people start um, coming up with suggestions of what to do, but nobody really knows what to do. And so I think that a couple months later, everyone has kind of settled down. They understand the new normal, if you will. Right. And, you know, new tactics are starting to kind of change to emerge for what you need to do. And the sellers who are still trying to do the old way of doing things, giving away a ton of product, um, trying to get reviews for those products, using review clubs, they're starting to feel the pressure from Amazon coming down on them. And what I have been advising sellers, I think you've been advising sellers as well, is that the processes need to be mutually exclusive. So if you want to give product away for trial to drive um, sales velocity, it's okay to do that. But don't expect or even encourage reviews to be coming from those products that you're giving away at a discount. Mm. And the biggest tactic that I've seen sellers do that's really working is step one, optimize your the hell out of your listing, yeah. right? Just yeah. optimize your listing, back in keywords, all that. Step two, start running PPC campaigns. Yeah. And step three is have your email funnels set up so that your full value sales are driving reviews for your product. And we have several clients who have come back to us and have said that just by optimizing their listing, they were able to get the first five, six sales that they needed to get product reviews to then be able to start their PPC to then get their sales velocity going. And so there are still ways to do it. It just takes a little bit longer to get it done. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. I also think it depends on the competition, you know, that you're facing and how many reviews you're going up against. That's why a lot of times now when we're looking at products to to uh, to source and to to bring to market, a lot of times we are looking at the amount of reviews that are there. And if they're getting sales with a low amount of re uh, reviews, this way we know that we don't have to go so aggressive with trying to get, you know, a bunch of reviews. So that's one thing that I always tell people, like when you're in that research phase, like think about that. If you want to go with the more competitive, with the more sales, and I always tell people, if you're going after the product that's getting 100 sales per day, you're going to have more competition, period. If you're going after the one that gets 10 sales a day consistently, you're going to have less competition. Um, and, yeah. you know, building yourself around that. And and there's and there's a few tips that I'm that I've been giving people. Let me just kind of run through them really quickly. Sure. Yeah, I love it because I because there are things that I think people are still doing wrong. Um, one, don't ask for a review if the product was purchased at a very heavy discount. Mm. Um, it, listen, I we we own we own Feedback Genius. We have a vested interest in people emailing their customers um, <laughs> to solicit reviews. <laughs> right. So, so why do I say that? Because Amazon has said that the process of giving products away in exchange for reviews is a violation of their terms of service. I don't look at the letter of the law. I look at the intent mm. and based on the intent of the, of the terms of service that Amazon wants, they don't want you doing heavy discounts and getting reviews. And so you can use a filter, um, within your email that says if the product was purchased at a discount greater than X, then don't send the review. Um, or 
if your pro- if the service that you use doesn't have that filter, you can turn your emails for that product off while you're running that process. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 it's important for people to understand that. The second is you cannot ask the buyer for a positive review. So mm. you have to move your language away from if this was a five-star product, please consider giving me a review. Yeah. Um, we have evidence that Amazon is actually identifying people using that in their emails and sending them notifications and warnings. So people need to stop asking for positive reviews. Um, you cannot tell the buyer what to write in the review. Mm. So you cannot say like, here's an example of what a perfect review would look like. <laughs> right. You can't do that. Yeah, let me write it for you. <laughs> Scott, you're laughing, but this is know, these are things that sellers are doing and I they know. don't understand that they shouldn't be doing this. No, and it's um, funny because I, I actually I purchased products recently just, you know, for myself and I'm getting a lot of that still even in and the hard thing is is they've already maybe printed it on their insert cards. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Oof, it's like uh, and I've never ever recommended doing that. Um, to put it into print, um, to get them to, to join a VIP for a, you know, a discount code. I think that's fine, but, um, you still got to be careful with what you're doing there, but definitely not like if you thought this product was a five star, leave a review. And if you think it's anything less than a five star email me like, no, right. no, don't can't do, that. do that anymore. I think you could get away with that a year ago. You yeah. can't get away with that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would definitely stay away, um, from doing that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, using, well, let's kind of go back a little bit now with the one question I did want to ask you because, okay, the dust is kind of settled, like you said, and people are kind of like, they're like, okay, this is the new norm. We're going to, you know, rethink about this. Or you got a bunch of people jumping ship. Uh, they're going to say, you know what? I'm just out of here. I want to get out of here. Well, they can liquidate their product with what we're going to talk about here. Um, but let me ask you this, like, you know, running, you know, a service like Snagshout or any of the other review clubs out there or types of, of groups, what would you say that now that they've kind of changed things, do you feel like they are the people that are still in those groups are now retrained to not leave the review? Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say that shoppers, the review, the discount shoppers are, are better at not leaving the disclaimer, right? So back in October, when this first happened, um, a lot of them were still leaving the disclaimer. Mm. And so if you prompt them to leave a review, they might still be apt to leave a review. Uh, if you're not prompting them to leave a review, they're just going to buy the product and be like anybody else. Right. And so I think there are some shoppers who still buy products and want to write reviews and you can't do anything about that. Sure. What I always say, Scott, is, is that you're looking for a natural motion within Amazon, right? So the number of people who are looking at your product page versus buying your product versus writing reviews. And you don't want that to be 100 people buying your products and 80 reviews. And mm. that's how the old system used to work. Right. You want 100 people buying your products and 8 to 10 people writing reviews. Right. That's more natural in Amazon's eyes. And so the best way to do that is if you're giving away a lot of products in a short period of time, don't solicit reviews from those people. Right. There's a chance you'll still get some reviews, right. but you're not going to get the high volume 50, 60 percent of the people writing you reviews like you would if you you know, possibly solicit them. Yeah. 
it, that's a good point, you know, because like you said, in, in the past you, you'd send out and, and it was, that was your goal really is to give out a hundred and get, you know, 75 reviews. Like that was like, you wanted it for that reason. At least a lot of people did for me. It was personally like, I want to spike the algorithm. I want to get on, you know, on the radar of Amazon. I want to get, you know, in the algorithm and start ranking. Um, and then the reviews were to me like a byproduct of that, but I did want to get some obviously. Um, right. you did bring up a good point there. Okay, so what is what is like the average? Do you think right now? I have my opinion on this, but what's the average um, review slash feedback given from just a regular customer that's buying your product? What have you seen from some of the uh, you know the data that you guys have over there at Seller Labs? Yeah, with or without solicitation, I would say well both. What what if you don't send anything out at all? Or then what if you send something else out that maybe adds some value, maybe a free PDF, something like that, and then maybe follow up with, you know, hey, right. can you do us a favor and let Amazon know how we did for you because we want to make sure that you're taken care of, something like that. Right. So I think that if you are just selling your products and you're not soliciting reviews, you're going to see a review rate somewhere in the 1% to 2% range. Okay. Yeah, that's about what I think. Yeah. If you have a good email follow, if you have a decent email follow up, you can push that to six to eight percent. If you have if you have a product that engages with the customer, mm. then you can push that north of ten percent. And yeah. so I'll give you an example. Like if you have a if you have a product like a gar- let's use the garlic press, sure. right? Love it. So a garlic press is going to be something that you could possibly push into like the six to eight percent. But there's not a real emotional attachment to the garlic press, right? right? It's not right. a it's not a repeat purchase. It's not um, something that's going to invoke an, a, a real emotion. Mm-hmm. So if you have a product that can invoke an emotion with your brand um, or that's it, a repeat purchase of your brand, then you'll start to see your review rate get higher as people become more dedicated and connected to your brand. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like if you had a product like let's just use the GoPro, right? You're using the GoPro, you're you're on their YouTube channel, you're posting your videos, like you're you're like excited about that thing. You want to let people know about that thing. Like those people I think would be in the higher percentage because they're engaging like you said. Or if it's a I actually had a uh, one of those little lenses that you clip on your iPhone to make it a fisheye or whatever. And they had a great great follow-up and uh, a great way for you to actually go to their Facebook page and then post your your pictures and show them off and stuff. So it was a, it was a way for you to use the product and share what you've captured with their product. And I think that's different, but you're right. That right there to me would be higher um, than it would be for just a garlic press that you said, I really love this. It, it helped me make some really great meals. Like that might be it, but um, not going to be. And that's the difference. And that's the difference between a product and a brand. Yeah. Right. So a brand like the easiest way to, to give somebody a definition of a brand is that a brand evokes an emotion. Yeah. And so yep. I got my kids um, a, a toy over over Christmas and it happens to be a seller's toy. So I'm not going to mention exactly what it was. And my kids loved them. Yeah. And still a month later, my kids are still playing with the toy, which means it's actually a good toy. Right. And so I want to be an advocate of this brand because I I feel like it's actually a good product. I have a I have an emotion towards the brand because it's actually bringing something positive back to me, right? Yeah. You're a basketball fan, I'm a basketball fan. How do you feel about the Evolution basketball? We all know it's a better basketball than the other basketballs that are out there, mm. and therefore if you buy an Evolution basketball, you're more likely to write about how much better it is because 
you just you spent money on a premium product you you felt you got the quality of a premium product and you want to share that and so that's an an emotion that's evoked from the brand and if you have a product that can do that you will get a higher return on your on your reviews yeah i totally totally agree with that and you're right i mean a brand is different, right? It's an, it's a brand experience sometimes, or like you said, the emotion. And for you, your kids were having fun with the toys and they keep coming to you and they're like, this is awesome. And then you're like, oh, this is cool. It, you know, brought joy to my, to my kids and my kids keep saying how much they love it. And if it's something they want to buy more of or an, an addition to or something like that, they're going to keep bugging you about it. So it just shows that they enjoyed it. So I exactly. agree. I agree a hundred percent, uh, with that. Um, all right. So let's, let's dive in now. So you know, the main reason why I wanted to have you on was really talk about this liquidation strategy in a sense, because I get a lot of people that contact me and they're like, Scott, you know, I've got this product and either I sent too much in and I want to be able to get it out of there and I don't want to pay to have them ship it um, back to me or I don't have a place to store it. So I want to just get rid of it and then I can maybe start reordering again and and only keep in a 30 or 60 day supply. Um, what do I do? And, you know, in the past I've said, you know, like just, you know, figure out a way to whether it's give the product away at a discount with, uh, you know, maybe an influencer in your space or, uh, you know, maybe even Craigslist, you can do a, uh, you know, discount there. Like there's different ways you can do it there. I actually had someone on that actually does buy out, uh, liquidation, but it's going to be really, really cheap. He's going to buy it for. And he, he even said like, that's your last resort. So why not actually have customers buy it that might want it at a deep discount, and then you at least recoup that money, and then you're also getting the benefits of a sale through your Amazon account. So that's what I want to dig into. So can we kind of dig through um, how this would look and and what your thoughts are as far as like if someone said, you know, Jeff, I've got like 300 units that are in you know in Amazon's warehouse, and I want to I want to basically liquidate those for whatever reason. Like, what would be the strategy moving forward? Like, what kind of pricing should we do? Should we only do what we have invested in, and maybe you know, figure on the pick and pack or should we go less than that and even take a little bit of a loss? Like what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So there's, there's definitely a mathematical equation, right? And you have to determine how much money you have into each unit. And obviously you want to maximize how much money you're getting out of each unit. And you also want to look at your time horizon. So when are you going to get hit with your next set of charges? So mm-hmm. in this particular case study, Patrick started looking at things in December knowing that he had till February 15th before he got hit by this larger long-term storage fee. So if he so when he started discounting his products, he discounted them at a he started at a 40% discount, he had to raise it to a 50% discount to start driving some sales. But if he had gotten further and further along and the product wasn't moving, he could have kept increasing his discount to to move the merchandise. Now Scott, this isn't a new concept, right? We used to go to a mall, right? We used to stand at a mall and we used to see that the store we were at yesterday had it at 40% off and today it has it at 50% off. And we know if we come back in two weeks, it's at 60% off. The, it's just a matter of bringing this concept into your business world. And I think that a lot of sellers become emotional to a product. Mm. And so it's hard for them to just say, Hey, this product isn't working whatever cash I can get out from this gives me cash to put into my next product and whatever I can reduce from my fees gives me more available cash into my next product. And so this could be a matter of getting rid of the product entirely, or it's possible that one of your variations of the product 
isn't selling very well and you need to move that. If you have the opportunity, if you're dealing with a variation, that's the best case scenario. Mm. And the reason why is that let's say you have a, a, a pink, a blue and a green garlic press mm-hmm. and the pink garlic press is not selling very well. You can actually go and liquidate your inventory of pink, but as you do that, you're actually going to drive sales velocity back to the parent ASIN and improve your overall rank for all of your other products. Yeah, that's a good point. And so if you're dealing with a variation, liquidation could make a lot of sense because of the network effect or the halo effect that you're going to get with your other products. If you're just specifically talking about one product, you don't have variations, then it's if you've decided that you're not going to manufacture this product anymore, then it's really just deciding how much money you want to get out of it and in what time frame you want to get that cash out of the product. Yeah, I actually I pulled up that blog post that was written and um, I was just reading a little bit more of the details. I wanted to kind of explain that and we'll we'll link this up in the show notes for everyone. Uh, But basically, um, his name was Patrick, right? Yep. Um, and basically, um, he had a, a, a liquidation campaign for his Ottoman and, uh, and he basically, I guess by also doing this, he also sold 93 Ottomans organically at twenty nine ninety nine, which resulted in $13 and 46 cents of gross profit per unit. Right. Uh, so that's the, that's the halo effect that, that comes from yeah. any marketing promotion you do of your product. So while his intention was to liquidate his product, it also increased its ranking to drive more more sales. And that's where sellers have to be careful because it's very sim- it's very easy that Patrick could have gotten excited at that point and said, "Oh wait, now I don't want to liquidate this." Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, but he, he made the commitment he made the commitment yep, that yep. he wanted to be done with this product. And so he didn't have to give away every single unit at a discount because of the halo effect that came from the units he was giving away at a discount. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's really awesome. And I'm just reading a little bit more here, but you know, basically it says, uh, you know, he earned $1,879 and 62 cents in gross profit and avoided an Amazon long term storage fee of $3,135. So basically all being said, he created $5,014 positive swing for his Amazon business, which is pretty awesome. Uh, to be able to uh, <laughs> to do that. So that's really cool. And that's why when I seen this come through, um, I, I get all your guys' emails and stuff. So I, I seen this and I, I reached out to you immediately and I said, you know, we got to get you on the show and talk about this because I think this is something that could benefit a lot of people um, by using this not just for a launch, but to actually use it to liquidate or, again, just to maybe get rid of that ASIN that isn't performing as, as well as you had hoped or a variation, like you said, and then uh, having that halo effect, which I think yeah. is, is cool. Um, really, really cool. Um, so take us through now. You and I talked a little bit before we jumped on here. There's some things that have changed a little bit with Snagshout. And I want you to kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, I love the platform. I love what it's, uh, I I guess I love what it's doing now, especially because you have some other cool things planned. So maybe you can give us a little, a little inside information here um, as far as like, you know, what it was, where it's going and and kind of uh, how we can utilize it. Yeah. So Snagshout is now referred on the seller lab side of the business. So the business side as, as seller labs promote. Okay. And essentially Seller Labs Promote is a portal for promoting your product 
to generate sales. And so within Promote, there's a set of tools that allow you to run discount campaigns and you can push those campaigns to Snagshout. So the Snagshout marketplace still exists and it's not changing in any way, shape or form. But what we've done is we've expanded the platform to promote your products beyond Snagshout. So we have deals with other deal sites um, where we syndicate our offers that are created within Promote to other deal sites. So one example would be like Slick Deals. So if you run a deal on Promote, you can create what's called a syndication campaign and your deal can also go to a website like Slick Deals and other discount websites like that that we have partnerships with. You can also push that to Snagshout and to our 250,000 shoppers who are on that platform. And then we recently released a what's called a landing page tool where you as a seller can actually create your own landing page for coupon discounts. And so how you would use this is you would create your coupons and your campaigns in Amazon the same way you normally do. You would then create a unique landing page for your product. We host that page for you. You would drive traffic to that page from a Facebook community, you know, Pinterest, Google ads, however it is that you drive traffic to it. They would grab your coupon from that site, giving you the email address. And then you as the seller actually can build your own email, email list. And those emails that you collect within your landing page are owned by you as the seller. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me ask you about that quick. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I, I think everyone listening right now knows that that's a big move for a lot of us right now. And uh, we've been talking a lot about it um, over here at TAS. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can you can do the collection of emails for your own launch list and all that stuff. But let me ask you this. So when we connect into that page, can we connect our own email provider or are we just going to get a download of those emails and then we're going to upload those into our third party um, tools such as AWeber or ConvertKit, something like that? Yeah. So today it's, uh, it's going to be a CSV download, but we okay. are going to build integrations into some of the email providers that will give you kind of a one step that'll cool. just push it right in. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there, there's a couple other little, uh, little plugins that I've been playing around with that, uh, they actually uh, do something similar to that where you'll export them and then import them. But I do like, and I think you know, I think, uh, you know, when you can have them directly put into the email provider, a lot of times you'll get a little bit better of an of a um, delivery rate and stuff like that because of them being confirmed and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But that's awesome. I think that's a, that's a cool add-on um, to this new, I guess, extension of the platform that you're already having. And I think for people to understand the power of being able to go out there and not have to uh, maybe contact uh, Slick Deals or any of these other bigger deal sites and not having to go out there and figure out how you're going to get your ad displayed there, you can literally use this as one like one portal and then push it out to where you want to push it out to get more reach. Um, I think that's really, really important. So it's not going to be hard to liquidate product, especially if you discount it right. Um, and I think that's the other key. You can't go on there and expect to give like, you know, uh, a 3% discount and expect you to go ahead and get a ton of people to buy your product. Although you may, but for me personally, it's it's got to be something attractive. Don't you agree with that, Jeff? It has to be something attractive. Um, although I think people are able to move the needle with somewhere between a 40 and a 60% discount much greater than probably what they originally thought. Now, Scott, I know you've been teaching your audience a lot about list building. And so 
if you have your own list and you've been building your own list through your marketing efforts, then the landing page tool is a great tool for you to use even in a liquidation strategy, in addition to what you can get from Snagshout, because your list might be actually willing to buy your product at a 25% discount, right? Mm. It's all relative. And yep. so when you go when you go to a deal site like, like Snagshout or any of the other ones that are out there, most of those people are looking for a deal, yep. right? When you build your own list, when you start building your own community, whether it be a Facebook community or Pinterest or Instagram around your brand, then the discount doesn't have to be as great to drive the reaction from your customer. And that's what's awesome about building your own community and your own list is, you know, the old methodology um, a year ago was that you built your own review club. Mm -hmm. The new methodology today is that you actually build a group of people who would be are interested in engaging with your brand. And if you're yeah. able to do that, and you offer them a 15 or 20% discount, you can sometimes get them to move the needle on your product. Yeah. And so if you have a product that you want to liquidate, you want to give that to your list first because you want to basically go to them and say, hey, you're on my list. I'm no longer going to be you know, selling this product. We're discontinuing it. We want to give you the first rights to buy this product at this discount. Exactly. Make them feel special for what they're doing um, ask them to share it with their friends and things like that. And, you know, the landing page has social and everything built into it. So you can actually link them to your Facebook page, your website, um, your Twitter account, you know, whatever social you want to push with them. Cause it's a page that you own. It's your product. It's your brand. We're just facilitating the transactional relationship between the customer and the coupon for you. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely love that. And there's a lot of different things that we can use um, inside of just this this uh, this platform that you guys have created in this portal, which I think is really cool. And it's something that I'm definitely going to be using. Um, it's actually funny. I got uh, together the other day with um, one of my team members and we were talking about a certain brand that we're working with. And I'm like, we, we have to use this right now because we have a couple products that could be getting hit with a, with a, a storage fee. And we want to be able to, to liquidate those and a couple of slow movers. So why not go ahead and just push them out here? And again, it'll allow me to, to test the, uh, the platform for myself personally and use it. Although I know a lot of people that have used it that are, are very happy with it and anything really with seller labs has been, has been really good. And just being able to know you personally, Jeff, and knowing the company that you guys represent, that's everything to me. And that's everything with TAS. And I think everyone that listens to my show knows that that's why I don't just hop on the bandwagon of the next tool because I could, um, but I only want to support the ones that I believe in. And I know that are going to be there for the long haul. And I know that you guys are over there at seller labs. So let me ask you this. Is there anything special for TAS that they're going to get if they head over and uh, check out the tools that you guys have over there? Is there anything or do they have to just go to that page and see a, a special surprise pop out at them? <laughs> so what we'll do, what, what we'll do, Scott, is what we always do. We'll, we'll load the page up. The, the URL is sellerlabs.com slash TAS, sellerlabs.com, and then just the letters TAS. We'll load that page up with all the content we've talked about, right? So we want to give all the content first. Um, and then we will load a special deal for um, for both Snagshout, um, you know, with, I'm sorry, for Promote. See, I got to get used to calling it the new name. <laughs> That's for all right. Promote for all of your listeners. Um, what we'll do is we'll take 
we'll take one of our our larger packages and we'll discount them down so that you guys get a really good deal on the um, products. The way that Promote works is that the pricing is all the same as it used to be within Snagshot. We're just adding all of the extra tools within that. So it's not going to be an increased price. We're actually going to decrease it for the TAS listeners. And um, what we'll do is we have a um, we'll give you the what we call our plus plan, which is our 149 plan at our pro plan price. So that's uh, almost almost a 33 percent discount off of that. So you'll get for the $99 pro pro price, you'll actually get our plus plan, which allows you to do more within the system um, without having to pay more for it. No, that's awesome. And uh, I, I appreciate that. And I know that the listeners will as as well. And again, guys, I mean, definitely check it out. And that's uh, what is that again? Sellerlabs.com forward slash TAS. Yes. Yeah, super simple. So yeah, just uh, head over there, check it out, or just go to the uh, show notes, which I'll give you guys the link to that when we do our wrap up. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I think that uh, this is definitely a great thing that we can have in our toolbox. Um, again, I'm not a huge a huge guy here thinking that you got to have all of these different tools. I think there's a select few, and I think this is definitely one of them that I would want to have in my toolbox, which I will, because it gives us that uh, that reach that we can have instantly, um, and we can build a list in the process, which I. I'm a huge fan of at this point in time, and there's a bunch of different ways we can do it. One question on that, Jeff, um, are we able to, on any of those landing pages, put a Facebook pixel? Mm, I stumped Jeff, everyone. Jeff is stumped. Jeff, can we do that? I, we'll, we'll <laughs> oh, we, stumped, we stumped Jeff, everyone. First time ever. Let's mark it down. My, my, my answer is that you cannot do that, but I don't know why you can't do that. So I need to just check with the programmers. So maybe I was going to say, so maybe we're going to add that in right here, right now. We're going to actually talk to the programmers. We're going to have that maybe built in. That's a, that's a huge thing if we can do that though, Jeff, because um, now again, you're driving people to a landing page. We take our Facebook pixel, we drop it in that page, and now we can retarget those people even if they don't enter the coupon. Maybe they got busy, maybe they're in the in the in the market and they were shopping with their kids and they got busy, right? So that's a that's a huge thing if we can definitely do that. And then we can start building a lookalike audience and all that fun stuff. So um, yeah, if it's not there, Jeff, bring it over to the to the developers and tell them to start working on that like pronto. Um, I'm already typing. <laughs> He's them typing, I can hear him. Jeff is typing. Oh, I love it. That might be a first, though. That might be a first that Jeff was lost without words. Because yeah, Jeff I, likes I, to talk. He does I'm like lo- to talk. I'm, I'm lost without words because it's a, it's a really good, it's a really great suggestion and a really great feature. So I'm going to push that and we'll add it to the show notes so people know um, whether it's been added by the time we, we publish the show. Um, I guess I'm going to put the pressure on the programmers and tell them it has to be added by the time we, we, you know, that's how this works, right? So marketing and sales goes out and, and we go out and make promises and then the programmers have to do them based on what we say. So <laughs> bar oh. any major, bar any major technical hurdles, we'll get that added. All right, guys, guys, head over to sellerlabs.com forward slash TAS, a bunch of goodies over there and some discounts. Um, yes, I am an affiliate for Seller Labs, so just to be 100% uh, transparent with you guys, but I only support the people that I believe in, and Jeff is a good friend of mine, and uh, I also know the uh, the guys over there at Seller Labs are also an awesome team of people, and they're in it for the long game. They're not in there just to create a product, take your money, and then leave tomorrow. So um, definitely go check them out. One last question, though, and this won't stump you. I don't believe Jeff. Um, you are heading to Steve Chu's event this this year, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was talking to Steve the other day and anyone that's listening, if uh, you guys have not checked out seller uh, or the, the sellers summit at seller summit, um, which I'll leave a link to that too, as well. I'll be speaking there this year. Um, Jeff, he, he said you weren't speaking or you're not speaking this year. I am going to be do if so, if oh, you you're going to be, the, Oh, I, I got you. I got, I, I know what you're doing. Okay. Go ahead and explain what you're going to be doing. If you sign up for the VIP package, I'm going to be leading the mastermind. I think there are four moderators for the mastermind, which actually occurs the day before the event. And what that is, is it really kind of is a chance for us to work a little bit more one-on-one with each of the people that are there in tackling and handling their, their problems, their concerns, and what's stumping their business. And It was actually something at last year's conference. I had never seen this done before at a conference. And what Steve does for his VIP ticket holders is he actually, and I think you did this too, maybe Scott, he pairs them up one-on-one with speakers that are at the conference in a mentoring type of situation. And we would actually meet with the with the attendees once before they came to the conference. And then we would sit down with them in a private room at the conference that really was a chance to work through a problem or a situation that we had. And I really enjoyed it. And the people that I worked with, I think, got really great value out of it. And so when he asked me to to come help moderate the pre-conference, I guess it's a workshop mastermind, Mm -hmm. uh, I jumped at the opportunity to do it because I enjoy sharing um, as much as 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 you do, and and as much as Steve does, and working one on one with sellers to uh, help them grow their business. Yeah, no, it's uh, it that's actually really fun. I love doing that stuff. And uh, yeah, we uh, we sat down. It was supposed to be, I think, a thirty minute session. Uh, mine ended up turning into an hour. Uh, <laughs> I just you know I just was on a roll. And, you know, we we just kind of really dug in, and it wasn't rushed or anything. So it was uh, it was fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it again. I learn a ton just by attending these. I get a lot of other, uh, you know, I meet a, a lot of great people and then networking, and so there's a lot of great thing. And I've been to a few events now um, in this space, and I have to say this one here, he keeps it relatively small and also very actionable. He literally tells us speakers like, I want you to actually teach something and not just tell a story. And I love that because I'm a lot like that too. It's like, show me what to do so I can go out there and do it and apply it. And, uh, and he's big on that. So, um, yeah, definitely I'll, I'll link up in the show notes to that too, guys, if you're interested. And I probably will be doing again, like I did last year, like a little private TAS meetup there, um, for anyone that attends and, uh, we can just, uh, kind of get to know each other a little better and hang out and who knows, maybe, uh, Maybe we get Jeff to come over and hang out with us and have a beverage or two. That would be fun. Uh, all right, guys. That I, let's, that, uh, I, that I will quickly say yes to. <laughs> that so wasn't Scott, long. The one, the one thing that I think your listeners should understand about his show um, that's different than some of the other shows, about half of, so he ran two tracks and about half of the content was Amazon and the yep. other half of the content was building your business off of Amazon. Yes. And so if if what you're looking to do is learn more about building your business beyond Amazon, it's got a lot of great content that will cover that information. And some of the other conferences in the in the in the space are very Amazon centric. And so they don't get into things about emails and Shopify and, you know, how to optimize for SEO and and all that type of stuff. So Mm. it's something for you to take a look at the agenda and see and that's the best way for you to understand whether a show is right for you is to look at the agenda and see if those are topics that you feel you would learn from. Although 
Personally, I believe the real value at a show is going to meet the people that are there. Totally. And there were great quality people at the show last year, and I'm sure there will be this year. Yeah, and I'll I'll echo that. I mean, having the two tracks I think was really cool. And the funny thing is, is you know, you'll have a you know, you'll have a successful, you know, seller that's not selling on Amazon yet. They're just e-com. Like they're they're just doing e-commerce. And right. they'll be there sitting in on some of the new lessons of like how to get your product launched on Amazon or vice versa. And uh, I, I think that that's a great mix. I really do because it just goes to show you, even though you might have a very successful e-commerce business, you might not be utilizing the Amazon channel yet, and that's why you're there or the other way around. And uh, I think it's really cool how how he did do that. And uh, I know this year he's tweaking a few things, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm a big fan of Steve. He's a great guy, great friend of mine now. And uh, you know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and I just wanted to uh, make sure that you were going to be there, which I I heard that you were. So I just I heard you weren't speaking, so I'm like, oh yeah, but what's he doing? And I asked Steve, and he did tell me that he said you were going to be moderating. So, um, so anyway, that's it. So, um, do you want to uh, give any last little bits of advice before we wrap this up, Jeff? Yeah. So I always know to save one because you always ask me that question at the end. <laughs> the the since we're talking about long term storage fees, Amazon fees, managing your fees, it really is the difference between a good profitable product and a great profitable product. Mm. So a lot of people spend time when they're researching their product, trying to understand how much it's going to cost to bring the product and land it in Amazon. But if you don't look at once your products at Amazon, how to manage those fees, you're going to lose all the profitability that you thought you were going to have. There's one constant that we all know is going to keep going in this Amazon world. And that is that Amazon is going to keep raising their fees. And -hmm. therefore we as sellers have to remember that Amazon is a fulfillment center and not a warehouse. And that we as sellers have to manage our fees as part of our business to make sure that we're optimizing our profitability and our, our mix of products and our cash flow. And so if, if, it's important for you to take a couple minutes out of your day, wrap your head around that, determine what you need to do to do that, take action on that to make your business better, and then do the research and and take that action. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, knowing your numbers is a big deal, you know, as far as like, you know, where you are. And if you don't know that that long term storage fee is coming up and then you get hit with it and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, like uh, Patrick here, that would have been, uh, you know, $3,100 um, coming right out of his pocket. So um, he was able to to snag it, uh, no pun intended, and uh, and able to get to get rid of that that thing and actually make some money in the process and boost his listings and, and his, uh, his account and all that stuff. So that was a pretty cool story. So guys, I will link everything up on the show notes and you can find everything over to sellerlabs.com forward slash T-A-S-N. And uh, Jeff will have a bunch of resources there and some cool discounts for you guys to go ahead and uh, check out some of those tools, which I'm a big fan of. So, Jeff, I want to thank you again, brother. This has been awesome. I always love chatting with you, and I'm sure we'll be chatting again, whether it's on another podcast or uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll see each other again at another event or the one in uh, it's in May, right? Like May 20th or something like that um, in Fort Lauderdale. So that'll be fun. So just want to say thanks again, man. You always bring it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, bud. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So was I kidding? That was awesome. Another great conversation that I was able to have with a good buddy of mine, Jeff Cohen. And I have to say, though, whenever we do these calls, anyone, it doesn't even matter if it's someone that I know or I don't know, I always say to them, listen, just imagine it's you and I 
sitting down, having that cup of coffee, that drink, whatever, and just chatting about this topic because I want it to be natural. I want it to be non-scripted. And I may have one or two or three bullet points that I want to hit that I want to make sure that I cover, but I always allow it to go where it needs to go. And it's great. When I get to talk with Jeff, we definitely start digging into certain areas and uh, and he's got a ton of information. He's immersed in this business. So I know he knows a lot about, uh, you know, about the ins and outs. And that's really what it's what it's all about for all of us, right? To be able to know how to how to maneuver this this e-commerce space, and uh, that's hopefully what you got out of today's episode. So again, it's just another thing to consider if you're thinking about liquidating or you want to know how to liquidate. This is a great strategy, and I definitely definitely recommend going over to sellerlabs.com/tas, and there'll be a bunch of goodies there. There'll be the uh, well, there'll be the case study there that we referenced to. There'll be some other resources about the last episode we did on reviews, and there'll also be some discounts there if you wanted to go ahead and give those tools a try. So uh, guys, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Oh, I should remind you as well, if you want to head over and check out the show notes to this episode, that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 324. Transcripts, show notes, all the goodies will be there as well. All right, guys, so that's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it really, really proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.